We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. Now, I like that we've all shifted to at least one side. Yeah, I, so, yeah I'm going to have to pray about this group. Oh, Steve, Steve's going to handle it for me. I want to take this morning to, uh, we're going we're gonna to have an open forum, not that we don't have open forum, but hopefully this is more of an open forum today, uh, and we want to discuss something, uh, primarily what we experienced last Sunday during service, but, but in, in that response, we want to talk about responding to the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? Because we, we all come from various backgrounds uh, and and in types of churches and different aspects of beliefs, and even though we've come here and we've gained truth and we've gained understanding and knowledge, there's a simplicity in responding to the Holy Ghost that I think the church misses. We were talking in the uh, back here in the back, and Bishop gave a, a perfect analogy about you know there's a wave of the Spirit coming, and if you've ever watched surfing, surfers. Or get on their boards, and they there's this point where they catch a wave, and when they catch it, they ride it out. If they miss it, they've got to paddle back and find another wave. And so, understand something that they're we're we're in the wave of of the spirit right now, and and so the thing is, let's all hop on a board and catch this one, because if not, we're, we're going to have to miss this and paddle back and hope to catch another wave. And, and that's generally when that happens in spiritual realms. When somebody misses that wave of the Spirit, what generally happens is they catch the next wave, but that's when they get deceived because it's a different wave. It's not the wave that they were intended to catch. So we're going to talk about this responding to the Holy Ghost. And so let me start off just with a, just with a quick, you know, a few months ago, I've talked about this in several services. Uh, Jan and I were just talking about my hip situation. And, you know, what, what, how can we, you know, get me online to get my hip replaced and because i'd already seen a doctor got to get it replaced so on and so on and just out of the blue you know janet just said listen there's going to be a time there's going to be a service there's going to be a unity in that service god's going to heal your hip and i just really claim you know not because it was my wife but because i believe it was god's word he spoke to me and i've really clung to that and then as we know uh last week as we began to pray uh i mean the, just the spirit of unity moved towards Martha, just when we began to pray for Martha, they just moved there, and there was, there was a spirit of unity. And, you know, the crazy thing was uh, I wasn't even thinking about me. It didn't dawn on me that, you know, hey, we're praying for healing. And, and shortly thereafter, short, shortly after we prayed and I was walking back up here, I mean, the Holy Ghost just, just and again, Scott and I were talking about this, you can't explain an experience. You have to experience an experience. And so I'm just going to talk about the, the fact that I had an experience right up here. And I knew at that experience, as Jason was walking up towards me, I knew at that experience that God had just touched me. And that's, you know, I, I, I had to grab Jason and hug him. Now, let me say something here. Uh, that tremendous, tremendous unity is the thing that God's looking for. The unity. It's, it's the thing that God wants us to be in all the time. Unity, a, a oneness of mind, and I'm, I'm not going to get into that because we want to talk about other things. But let, let me, first of all, let me apologize to you for something. 
Now, I'm not apologizing for what I did. I'm apologizing to you because you might have been surprised. And I didn't mean to surprise you. Nothing in my mind said, Don, run. But because of the experience I just had, the worship that I had was the healing that I received. And that was to run and worship God. I'm not apologizing for that at all. But if you were surprised or shocked, I apologize for surprising you and shocked you. From now on, you'll never be surprised or shocked. Okay? Now, you might be surprised or shocked with some other things because when God's Spirit begins to move, we see things that move out of, of what we deem as rational. Pastor, Pastor. We came from a group. The original group I came from, if you ran in the church, you never came back to that church. You were done. We came from a group. And I can't say this about every person that was involved in the group because, you know, I can't speak for them. But by and large, it was an emotional issue. They, they ran because of an emotional feeling. And I want to tell you something that from over here, I ran from here around here, and I didn't feel any emotion. It wasn't an emotional thing. It was a response. Anybody ever hit you in the elbow with a little hammer? And what happens? In the knee, what happens? There's, a, there's an automatic response. You didn't go, okay. Or, okay. You didn't, it was a response. That's the, that's the best way I can describe that response, but I still can't describe it. Anyway, let's, let's go beyond that. So uh, that all happened because somebody in the church responded to the Holy Ghost. Now, let, let me say this. Responding to the Holy Ghost is not a feeling it's not a feeling any more than responding to somebody tapping you on the knee with a little hammer is a feel. You do you feel it? Oh yes, but the response is not out of feeling; it's a response to the tap. Does that make sense? The response to your knee jumping when you get hit on the knee is is not a feeling; it's a response to the tap. You do have a feeling, but that's not the feeling. Doesn't make you do that. It's that tap. Understand that about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost wants to tap into our lives. And we, don't, we may feel something, but the response is not a feeling. And so, so let's talk about this a little bit. So, so what, what does it mean to respond to the Holy Ghost? So the word Holy Ghost, uh, mean, the word holy means sacred, pure, and blameless. I'm just going to go through a quick. Uh, and, and the word spirit and ghost in the Scripture come from the same Greek word, pneuma, which means breath or breeze. The day of Pentecost, there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind, and that's pneuma. The Holy Ghost, the breeze, that, that's, that's that word ghost or spirit. Colossians 1 tells us that there was a mystery that was hidden from ages and generations, but now made manifest to his saints and made known to the Gentiles. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And again, the writer here is speaking of the Holy Ghost. We think of the Holy Ghost as being something that was actuated or was came to being, so to speak, in the New Testament. But Second Peter 1 tells us that holy men of old spoke or spake of God as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was in action in the Old Testament. So the Holy Ghost is not just dispensational, but the Holy Ghost is present in all dispensations. And there's a reason for that. Just want to talk about it a little bit because it'll help you, I believe, respond. And we're going. And I want you to interact with me to respond to the Holy Ghost when when the Holy Ghost is is reaching to you. 
Maybe this will help you respond or understand what that means. So in the Old, the Holy Ghost moved on people. But in, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, we find something that the devil did not count on, and that was God in us, the Holy Ghost in us, moving within us. And so the, the, there, there's a reason that I'm telling you that, and we're going to get to that in the response part of it. Jesus said this in John 14 and 16 and 17, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. So Jesus came as a comforter. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. Jesus, is the, he, is, he was the, what would, you, what would you call the original comforter? Because he said, I will pray, and he another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now, let me stop for a second. He wasn't speaking of another person. He's not speaking of, the, the church world has pers, personalized, I'm going to make up a word, I don't want to do that because I can't even say it has made persons out of the Godhead. When the Godhead is not persons, it's not a group of persons. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth. Now he's talking about what? The comforter, the spirit of truth. What are we talking about here? Holy Ghost. Whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Now when Jesus is speaking this, when, understand this, that the Holy Ghost had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So it makes sense that the world couldn't see the Holy Ghost because they're not yet. But that's not what Jesus is saying here. And let me explain this to you. Said, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him. Now, who's he talking to? His disciples. For he dwells with you, he shall be in you. So Jesus said, was saying this The Holy Ghost, that Spirit of truth, the Comforter, is me. Right in front of you, the world doesn't get that, doesn't understand it. Now, I'm right in front of you now, but I'm going to be in you later. Okay, does that, does that, see, we need to take away this personage thought process because it's not a three-person Godhead. There's no, there's no biblical uh, foundation for that, but it's manifestation. And was, so he was saying the comforter is standing in front of you, the comforter. Why another comforter? This comforter came in flesh. The, another, the next comforter is coming in spirit. That's why it's another comforter, because the flesh comforter had a different purpose, manifestation, than did the next comforter. One, Jesus as Messiah was our Redeemer, and the Holy Ghost is Jesus in us, our regeneration. Okay? So I don't want to get too deep in that, because I want to talk about what we want. So, so we understand that the Holy Ghost is, is Christ in us. Anybody have any... Okay, good. It's, it's, it's important to understand this. The Holy Ghost is not a third person. It, the word manifestation in the Greek means exhibition or expression of God. So when God was manifesting in the flesh, there was an ex exhibition or expression of God that came in the flesh. Colossians 1 and 15, Jesus said, is the image, that word image, icon. Y'all familiar with the word icon, right? He, likeness, profile representation of the invisible God. So Jesus was the physical image of the invisible God. Let's keep going. Hebrews 1 and 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person, that word person, hoopstasis, means essence. God is not a person. God is essence. So Jesus, the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of the essence of God. What is essence? 
What is that? What is essence? Essence is who he, not what, who he is. Everything about who he is entails the what. Let's just use one, love. Love is not an attribute of God. It is the essence of God. That's who he is, but that's also what he is. But you have to be, the who is important. The who is important. So God is a God of essence, and he expresses himself to us in different ways, manifestations. Okay, so he's expressed as the Father in creation, the Son in redemption as as the flesh, and then the Spirit in regeneration. The, the, The Spirit is the power. Again, can, can we, the Spirit is the power of God. You know, when it says the Holy Ghost, He, understand who the He is. He is not a third personage. He is Jesus Christ, Holy Ghost, in us. I, 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 this is real important for you to respond to the Holy Ghost. You have to understand this part of, of Scripture because the problem with a lot of people that can't respond to the Holy Ghost is that they don't understand exactly who and what the Holy Ghost is. That's why they can't respond. That's why you don't see the Holy Ghost active in a lot of churches. They're confused about even who God is. And so uh, understanding how to respond to the Holy Ghost is first understanding who, he, who, who, who is the Holy Ghost. So we can talk about this for hours. Let's stop right here. I, I want to reflect on just a part of that topic, and that's how to respond to the God that lives inside of me. You understand there's God lives inside of you. In the Old Testament, they responded to God that lived outside of them. In the Old Testament, what you will see is that there there were references to what they felt as God moved upon them because they kept certain things, they felt certain things. Now in the New Testament, it's not what we feel because the God in us is now creating the effect that happens that's different from the Old Testament. So let's talk about that. So, you know, I've noticed in Scripture that the power of God is usually exercised when there's a need. L- look at when, God, when the Holy Ghost moves in the New Testament. There was always a need. And when God worked through a person, it, it, you, you can't find a place where that person, the Holy Ghost worked through them for their own need. Well, well wait a minute. Paul and Silas were in the jail. Paul and Silas had a need, didn't they? They'd been beaten up and all kinds of stuff. Now, now they're in jail. They needed out of that jail. They had a need. So what did they do? They, they sing. And as they were singing, the power of God fell. What's the power of God? It's the Holy Ghost. And as that power fell, the ju- just like Jericho, that jail crumbled. Now, the need wasn't that they needed to be out of the jail. The need was there was a jailer there that needed Jesus Christ. Because if that wasn't the need, Paul and Silas would have ran for the hills. But they knew this guy had a need, and they stayed with him, and they talked with him. And what happened? He connected, the the jailer connects with Jesus Christ. Understand that responding to the Spirit is for someone else's need. Here's the crazy thing. Because they responded to the jailer's need, they got loose. Listen, this is very fresh for me from last week. Responding to someone else's need loosed me from my issue. From my hip problem, loose me. God healed me from it. And, and you know, listen again. There, there's no description. You saw some of what, what happened, but I can't explain it to you. I can't describe it to you. I'm not going to attempt to. 
You need to experience it. You need to experience it. Thank you. Hello. Okay. So, because um, we were talking also this morning about uh, making it to where it could be understandable, we can we can actually take take it for ourselves. So, what uh, could an example be? You know, past a feeling. Let's say we're in the store or we're dri- driving somewhere, and somebody comes across our, our hearts or our mind that that we're thinking about. Now, I'm a true believer that if you really want to see God move in your life, get your focus off of your problem and and pray for some someone else. That's how how you see it. So, could it be understood that if randomly somebody pops into my heart or my mind that I just can't let that go like it's a thought maybe it was a fleeting thought and then that that desire continues to kind of just stay with me could that be understood as that's the whole that's the holy ghost either unctioning me or trying to get my get me to respond to something and then start to follow like what you're saying then okay well then i look for the opportunity maybe pick up the phone give them a call start praying for for them are those all i guess unctionings of the holy spirit so i'm understanding that it's me and the Holy Spirit now communicating because He's He's within me. Is that is that right? Or is that am I understanding? Yes, that understand right? this. God, there's none good but God. Everybody agree with that? Scripture. There's no good in us. Scripture. As much as we would like to think that I'm walking along here and somebody comes into my mind that needs help, that's not you. That's a prompting. And that's the first thing you have to recognize, the example you gave, is that when that comes into you, don't think high of yourself. Don't think big of yourself. Don't think about how great am I with God. Understand something. God is prompting you via the Spirit, prompting you because something needs to happen here. Here's the thing about it. The prompting that God gives you is always going to be much greater in the result than the prompting he gave you. Let that sink in a little bit. The, the result is going to be much, much greater than the prompting he gave you. But the, the, because the prompting is the beginning of the work. And on that point, God doesn't need a refined instrument to work. Solomon, or Samson used the jawbone of an ass to slay thousands of Philistines. I've seen God use that same instrument mm-hmm. in my life. Doesn't have to be perfect. Correct. You can be the jawbone of an ass, but God can use you. Right. Responding to the Holy Yeah, well, I know Bishop wants to say this. I'm going to say it for him. Just about every Sunday, God uses the jawbone of an ass to hit right up here. I know he wanted to say it, so I'm just going to say it for him. The first part about understanding responding to the Holy Ghost is what Bishop just said. There's nothing good in you. It's God prompting you. And understand, because there's nothing good in you, don't resort to that thought process. Well, I did this past, past week, and I'm, I'm ashamed of it. And I'm, this and that. You know what? Okay. That, that doesn't stop God prompting you via the Holy Ghost. Well, have you ever had this thought? I'm not sure that's me or that's God. <laughs> there's an easy answer to that. It ain't you. In me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Nothing. In my flesh. But let's reach into the spirit part of us because that's where the prompting happens. So, so 
So then that, so then I can take that to be when I say that I'm a believer or when I accept God and Christ into my life as my savior, then I can, I can now automatically start to believe that his spirit does dwell within me. So that therefore that can be even the basis of going forward with anything else. Once I become a believer, once I accept a gift, then that means that now all of those other questions, is that me or is that the Holy Spirit? I can believe that the Holy Spirit is in me because now I'm, I'm a believer. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, a, a better way to say this is once the, that you've received the Holy Ghost, understanding that all that prompting comes from, are there people, let me ask you this question, are there people outside of the church that have good thoughts towards other people? Sure they are. But you understand something. Even in them, there's no good thing in their flesh. That's still, you see the goodness of God? That's still God prompting. That's still God prompting in the lives of people to do something for someone that needs help. See, there's a problem with people who say, because this happened and this happened and this happened in my life, that proves I'm a Christian. There's a problem with that. Because those things don't prove you're a Christian. No more than me going and sitting in my garage for a week proves I'm a car. (laughs) It's not those things that all men shall know that you're my disciples, that you have. Okay, so it starts with love. But what proves that you're a Christian is that you are in obedience to the word, right? And so you just obey what Jesus said. Jesus said to be born of water and of the spirit. That's pretty simple. So understand this. Anybody that's, that goes to do something good for someone, that prompting comes from God because only God is good. And God, God will use the heathen to do good. It's Cyrus, you, you just go through the Bible. He uses the heathen to do good. God used the heathen to cast out devils. Go, go look at the seven sons of Sceva. They, they, they weren't Christians. They were heathens. But they did cast out devils. So understand something about the prompting. The prompting has nothing to do with how good or bad you are. or who. The prompting is simply God has a plan for a particular situation, and he's talking to you right now about let's get this thing rolling. You're the one that gets it started. So I also have been healed in that altar. Um. Some of you might remember when I was on oxygen 24 hours a day. Uh, Becky will remember when I was singing in the choir with her on the Misfit Choir. And I had to quit because I couldn't. With COPD, you can't push air out, so I couldn't hold a note. And y'all prayed for me. Now, your response was to do this. But my response was immediately to send back my breathing machine and throw out all my inhalers. Mm -hmm. Now, if I had thought about that, or I had listened to Bruce who said, you might just want to keep them for a little while and see how this goes. Um, But much like you said, it was a reflex. And I've not used breathing apparatus Mm -hmm. since that day. And that was the same day you prayed for Jesse with the cancer, who's also been healed. So, I mean, I think you have to turn off your brain to the response. Like, you can't think, well, I'm going to look stupid if I run, right? Bishop, you said something earlier, and you might be about to say this. There's some people that come up here for prayer, and there's some people that come up here for healing. 
And so whatever you ask for is what you're going to get. If you come up here and, and you need healing and you say, I need prayer today. Okay, well, we'll pray for you. Yeah, that's all you'll get. That's it. That you got it. Exactly. You got exactly what you asked for. Whatever you ask of God, if you ask in faith believing, you understand that's not a Cadillac and a $10 million mansion. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the very thing we're talking about here. And so let me kind of go, let me get kind of go, go with this because go ahead, Bishop, while I'm looking here. Uh, one of the things that often occurs in your mind is that this is the devil trying to embarrass me. Satan will never encourage you to do anything that's redemptive, ever. 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 There's, there's no good in him either. And a matter of fact, if he's the father of all lies, that means that all lies are equipped in him. And so if you ever have that thought process, yeah, the devil's just trying to make a fool out of me. No, he does that the rest of the week. Uh, can I be honest with you? To, this is Pastor Don. This is not you. This is me. And to be honest with you, to me, everything in God looks foolish. I, I'm sorry. Every time I look at something in the Scripture, I think, that looks foolish. But didn't, does not the foolish, God use the foolish to confound the wise? And, so, and, and I'm not even wise. And look what he's doing. You know. All a man's thinking is upside down to God's. Yeah. If, if you think humanly, this is rational. If you think the opposite of that, that's how God thinks. Yeah. So I get hyped about that, which goes to say, if you thought 2020 was crazy upside down, because look at what God is doing. I just had to say that because yeah. a lot of people say 2020 was a hard one and it was. But if you think about it and look at it from God's eyes, it was the one of the best years ever as a child of God, because it's the exact opposite. I just had to say that that's my. Well, We're going to talk about some of that in the next in the next service. Twenty twenty was was a good thing for us. Was a good thing for us, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But so I, I've asked her ahead of time. I, I just if you didn't notice last week, I, I you know there's there's Advent, there's an advantage to standing up here because you notice everything. I, I, I noticed when I was preaching, I looked at Becky, and she had this look on her face. And the, to be quite frankly, not to embarrass you, the, the, quite frankly, the, it looked like she was devastated. I thought she had just gotten a text of something bad that had happened in her family. And so, so I just kept on preaching, and I saw her get up and walk back to talk to Bishop. Then I thought, man, she's about to leave. Something really bad has happened here. That, because I was, I was perceiving at that point in the flesh. But when they walked together... And got over here where Martha was. That's when I asked the question, do we need to pray? Because you know what? There's a transition. When God prompts and God works, then there's a transition that happens in spirit, not just with that person. And what did I say? I didn't even think about it. Yeah. I didn't say God wants us to pray for her. I said God wants to heal, heal. her. That's, that were the words that came out of his mouth. And that's, that's the transition because in our natural, our natural would say God wants the church to pray for. That's our natural. But as, as, as there was a prompting of the Spirit and a response to that, and so I don't know that she can explain it, but Becky, can you tell us what prompted you 
to want to pray for your mom. I mean, you have access to your mom all week long. I mean, what prompted you that, 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 that time? So what you guys don't know is um, Christmas was really rough for our family as us girls. We were perceiving it to be the last Christmas that our mom would know who we were. Um, she's progressing that fast. She did not remember even coming to my house before and did not know which of us was her eldest daughter. Um, so, you know, our Christmas we spent trying to plan for the future. And so when I was sitting here Sunday, you know, I've had God move on me in the past. Um, and I'll be the first to tell you I've squashed it more than once. And, well, God, if, if that's you, you know, it'll still be here at altar service or, you know, it'll, it'll, you'll, you'll do it again or whatever. And I was sitting here and just a little thought, God wants to heal mom. And from that instant that thought came, it just blew up. And my heart rate, I was wonderful little watches, um, went up to 144. And my heart rate never, I mean, I have to work really hard exercising to get up that high. So I was either going to explode. And for just a split second, my mind went, well, we'll pray at altar. And I couldn't even get that thought fully sentenced out in my head when plain as day, God said, and God talks to me in thoughts. Um, so it's not like his voice. It's just a strong and it was plain as day. It, if you don't do it now, it's gone. There is no second chance. There is no other opportunity. Kairos moment. Right now. Kairos moment. Yes, it was absolutely Kairos moment. And I, I, couldn't, I could not not obey. I could not sit here. And um, it was more power than I have ever experienced. And I, I couldn't contain it. So I went back to pastor, and I, I just leaned down. I'm like... You know, and I couldn't even get the words out. I'm like, God wants to heal mom, and, and he's all over me, and I don't know what to do. And, and, and he goes, do we need to pray? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so we did, and uh, we went over, and you all know what happened. We prayed, and um, my dad wanted, so the enemy has been fighting us tooth and nail all week. So they're not here today. Mom got dehydrated this week, yesterday, and she goes down here real fast and um, couldn't walk, real weak and tired. So she's at my sister's house right now, and we got her rehydrated, and um, they so wanted to be here today. You don't know how much they wanted to be here. And so we all, Darren and I went over, and Ethan, my nephew, came over, and we prayed for her. And all week long, you know, the enemy's been trying, but that experience was so powerful. There is no doubt in my mind whatsoever God is healing, has healed. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what the future is going to hold. But there's nothing that's going to shake my faith on that and what God can do right now. And I'll tell you, the enemy's trying everything. And I was like, there is no way my family's not going to be in church this morning from here on out. I mean, he's And Dad wanted me to say that, you know, he was a pastor for years, and he has never experienced something like that. He said the unity, everyone just was drawn. He's never seen it. So he fully believes there's something radically happening here. And we have, and dad's like, tell them you have to grab hold of it now or it's going to move on. And like you said, unity, healing, and it's incredible.
Absolutely. That's an awesome thing because we just saw it happen last week. You remember? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what unity's about. You remember what I told you what Jana told me? There was going to be a service, the unity, and, and, and it wasn't about who prayed for Martha. It's about the church, the unity that was here caused that to happen. How do I know what Jana said was correct? How do I know that? Because about 10 steps later, it was time to go. Understand that you were walking in unity last week. And that's what prompting of the Holy Ghost does, is that it starts with a person, then it brings to light the situation, which draws in the unity. Remember we talked about the, the wave? Everybody jumped aboard last week. You jumped on board. And the point for your healing wasn't that anybody prayed for you, Correct. but you recognized the unity yes. and responded to it. Absolutely. And, and, and if you look in the, in, I believe it's Mark 16 and 20, and they went about preaching everywhere. And what happened? When they were, it wasn't that they followed the signs and preached. When they preached, the confirmation came in signs. So you understand the word being preached last week was God's word, not mine. The prompting of the Holy Ghost was God's prompting, not mine. The response was God's response, not Becky's. She, she was the, just like the rest of us, was the conduit. And so it went on and on. And you see what you, that, that's what the prompting of the, that's what responding to the Holy Ghost is really all about. Yeah. Is when you feel a prompting, understand first, and this is the thing I have to understand and I realize, you know, it's not about worthiness. It's not about worthiness. The only worth I have is in Jesus Christ. And so no worthiness in me, but you know what? There's a lot in Jesus Christ. So understand that about yourself. When you feel prompted to pray for someone, Bishop said something to me, and I'm going to let you. He said something to me. He said, listen, I wasn't sure as we were walking over there if I needed to stop you or, and, 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 and he's being kind. You know, I understand that's respectful because I'm the one preaching. But understand this. This is the church of the living God. If, if you feel prompted while I'm preaching to go pray for somebody, don't throw your hand up and ask for permission. Go do it, because I, there's something else I need from God. I'm just being a little, <laughs> I want more. Well, that point was my dilemma, because I've seen people, the preacher's preaching, and people stand up and give tongues, interpretation, totally out of order. God's speaking in clear language. Yeah. Why do you want to interrupt God speaking in clear, understandable language to speak in an unknown tongue? Yeah. It's totally out of order. So... That was the question that ran through my mind. This is a gift of the Spirit. Right. But should we intervene in the priest's word of God? But just instantly in my mind said, no, this is one of those Kairos moments. We yeah. need to move down. Well, if we're preaching the word, then he confirms it with signs. Yeah. Right. You're right on. T and, and appreciate the, you know, the care of ministry. Appreciate that. And I appreciate that from all of you. And, and I'm, listen, I'm not after everybody doing crazy stuff. Y'all understand that, right? But, but understand that in our eyes, God's a little crazy. Yeah, but also the unity between the two of you as heads of 
Yeah. Um, Unity. They would have prayed for her back here, sort of out of sight. And they would have prayed quietly, I'm quite sure, as not to want to disturb the service. But understand this. There's a time when God steps into a service, and there's not, this is not disturbing anything. This is what the gifts of the Spirit are about. Because they edified the body. They didn't edify any one person last week. The gifts of the Spirit that were operating edified this body and strengthened us in a unity that, quite frankly, all week long, Janice had to pull me out of the trees because, man, just to see God operate is where we want to see God go in our lives. Well, this is where God wants to see us go. Yeah. Absolutely. If we don't see this as the finger of God, we're going to miss it. Yeah. In Egypt, there was a miracle that Moses performed that Pharaoh said, this is the finger of God. Hmm. This is the finger of God. Yes. This is the finger of God to this church. Exactly. It's the thing. Haven't we been talking about it and praying about it and wanting to see things happen and, and Understand something. God has moved us into a different season now. It didn't happen Sunday. It's been going on. It's been built. It's been going on. Now we're in that season. Now we're seeing the response to the season. You, Bishop, I'm just going to use your words. You don't plant seeds and then you don't reap in the same season. You plant in the spring. You reap in the fall. Last year was a year of, of us planting in some areas and doing some other things, and then we moved into a harvest, and now we're seeing that. God has just given us, you know, it's kind of like walking out to the garden. When I walk out there during the, you know, when the tomatoes come up, I can walk out there a hundred times, but when that first red tomato pops up, it's the first thing I see. But you know what it's telling me? Here comes a bunch of red tomatoes. Here comes a bunch. They're coming in groves. And that's what God showed us last, last week. There, here's that red tomato, but guess what? Here comes a bunch of red tomatoes. Here comes a bunch of things happening because you're in harvest season. You're, you're in a new season. So harvest, listen, let me say this. Let me say this. It's, I've got five minutes. Harvest means more than souls. You understand that, right? Now, Jesus was, because he was Messiah and the Redeemer and the Lamb, he spoke of the harvest of souls. But when you get into Paul's writings, you understand there's a harvest in our life for healings. There's a harvest in our life for miracles, for provisions, protections, and blessings. There's a harvest that comes from seed sown. All of those things come from, those come from seed sown. So understand something, that the key to knowing all of these things is what it means to respond in the Spirit. Hebrews 2, 3 through 4. How shall we escape or if we neglect so great a salvation or so great salvation, which at first was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs, wonders, and with divers miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. 
The key to responding and the key to response is understanding that it is God's will that these things happen. So how do we find out about God's will? Well, God purposed first the power that is his essence into the church. Out of that power, he purposes gifts. He purposes gifts for a reason, not to say there's gifts of the Spirit. He purposes gifts because there's a will he's wanting to perform in Tabernacle of Praise. There's a, there's a purpose that this church has that the church down the street doesn't have. And in that purpose and in that will, is it, those things we have to recognize is why we have to respond. Because if we don't respond or if we don't, if, if there's a prompting and we, and have we not all done that? Well, is that me or you? Or, uh, yeah, we can pray at the end of the service. Haven't we all done that? But if we don't respond, that thing might not happen. And if that thing didn't happen here, that person then or that situation is going to have to go somewhere else for it to happen. And that's not the will of God. His purpose and His will is to perform things in this body for the purpose that this body is here for. And so the prompting that you feel has to have a response. Has to have a response. The response is to His will. What is God's will? It's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's God's will. So what's our point if God prompts us in, in, in that? What what, what He prompt us to do? Just anybody, if he doesn't want anybody to perish, he wants everybody to repent, then if God would prompt me to a person, God would prompt me to a person that needed to repent, then so what, what's, what's my response? It's real simple. Reach out. That's your, just reach out. Sometimes you don't know what you're going to do or say. They weren't quite sure. They knew they were going to do something here. Wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. But you know what? Here's the deal. When the will of God happened, then the purpose was fulfilled. When the will of God happened, the will of God was for two people to go and say, we need to pray. And because that happened, then the purpose then was fulfilled. Unity was shown. Pastor got healed. All of this stuff. So understand something. Prompting is very simple. It's not you. It's him. Response is very simple. It's very simple. Reach out. Don't, don't be afraid about what you're going to say or what you're going to do. Miracles always precede revival. Always. Mm -hmm. When Jesus, when the man, was, they tore off the roof, let the man down, Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. That caused an uproar. So he said, take up your bed and walk. Then he asked the question, which is yeah. better in your eyes? So one to say, your sins are forgiven, or to take up your bed and walk. Miracles always precede revival. So get, re get ready. Watch out. L let me finish here because there's a lot I wanted to say that I'm not going to be able to say. God's will is going to always be demonstrated through God's word. His will is always going to be. So the thing to do is plug into word. Responding to God's spirit will always agree with God's word. So if you want to learn how to respond, get in the word. It's real simple. Because God's word, that, that's, the demonstration of will is in word. And any time God's spirit works, it agrees with word. And so, you know, we just need to get into word. I guess that's the best way to put it. Responding to the Holy Ghost in this building, in this sanctuary, 
shouldn't be a hard task, should it? But the purpose to responding to the Holy Ghost, God gave us an example last week to take out there. How many miracles were performed at synagogue in Scripture? Hmm. Hmm. God intends for you to take what happened last week in your life because you were in unity and take it out there and watch what he does. You just, just respond to someone. Needs, does it feel awkward to walk up to somebody and say, hey, can I pray for you? What's going to happen? You're going to pray for them? Are they going to say no thanks? Or are they going to cuss you out, right? Let's, let's put them all out there. They're going to get mad at you. So what's the worst part of this? It's not that you got cussed out. It's that you didn't get to pray. That's the, we have the wrong idea about what God's doing here. What happens to us really doesn't matter. When we do our part, the rest is up to God, and there is no responsibility left in our hands. It's all on God, and that God does better than we could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this is the year. I'll end with this. I'll end this lesson with this. There's a lot more I want to talk about. This is the year. We've talked about this in the back. This is the year when we find out if we believe God. This is the year. This is the season that we're going into where we find out where we can trust God. This is the season we're entering into when the only thing we're going to be able to do is believe God. There's not going to be anything else tangible for you to hold on to this year. Be ready. You know what? This is not scary. This is exciting. This is exciting. Because God's about to reveal Himself to us in a way He's never revealed Himself in this. He's about to do it. has nothing to do with past, present, or future. It has to do with God. Okay, let's, I got, let's stop. Let's take a little time for worship. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.